hot up here. How you doing out there? You look attentive. Every time I open up this binder, I hope there's a new message in it. It's the magic binder you get when you graduate Bible school. The messages just grow in there. Oh, well, look, we got something. Oh, it's a bill. Playing with you tonight. Matthew 24. Uh, we're studying through it tonight, and we're going to hit some of the verses here. Verses 16 and 17 are two verses that we didn't touch when we were talking about the kingdom principles here, the kingdom parables. And we've been in this for a little bit now. We got through uh, one parable. We're taking a little pause here tonight. Um, tonight we have a special treat. We have some of our veteran missionaries. The Soleils are here. Why don't you raise your hand and wave? Hi. They've done such great work on the mission field. We've had the privilege of partnering with them and supporting them and loving them and watching them do great exploits for God. I'm going to preach a couple pages of notes here, and on the tail end of that, Brother Larry is going to come and share some of what's going on in, the, in his ministry, in the mission field, and uh, just exciting stuff, right, Larry? Amen. So if I bomb tonight, you pull it out, brother. But Matthew 13, uh, we are looking specifically at anybody getting bothered by the pollen and allergy stuff? Man, the Lord rebuke those trees. But uh, 16 and 17 are the two verses that we're going to zero in on. We learned that there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of darkness. They're at odds with each other. They're diametrically opposed to one another. Uh, you, they're mutually exclusive in the sense that you can't be a member of both kingdoms. Either you're in the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus Christ because you're born again, or you're still in the darkness, one of two kingdoms. So uh, we've learned that we operate in the kingdom of God and that the earthly expression of the kingdom of God is demonstrated in us, the church, the people of God. Amen. The church is his bride and it's the demonstration of his heavenly kingdom on earth. The heavenly expression of the kingdom of God is heaven, and it's where God's throne is. It's the unseen realm, yet it affects us in the natural realm all the time. Knowing we are part of the kingdom of God allows us to be in the world, but not of the world. Many Christians think, well, I just got to, you know, bust my way through life and hopefully make it through and, you know, and, and be saved and spend. No, while we're here, we're not of this kingdom. We're just sojourners. That means we're just passing through. You know, sometimes we, we try to build kingdoms here. Like, uh, I want to get a whole bunch of stuff here and, 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 and a whole bunch of, you know, and build this and have that. And, and why would we do that with such great effort? When you rent a car, do you change the tires? You change the oil? When you rent a car, hello? Don't you beat that thing like a rented mule and turn it in? And you don't know. So, I mean, in a sense, we're just passing through here. So let's not put our roots too far down and put too much of our time and energy in building earthly kingdoms and acquiring earthly things, amen? You see, and this, this is what I'm trying to get, that perspective, that, because we're, we're, too, we're too in the world sometimes. That when the world begins to shake and the systems begin to fall and the economies begin to fall, we're, we're so hurt by it because we're too entangled in the world. You know, the less we're entangled in the world, when these things begin to collapse, the less it's going to affect us. 
We'll be able to maintain the joy of the Lord. So two kingdoms, we operate in the kingdom of God. We are the children of God by the blood of the lamb. We are literally just passing through. We're not to build our empires here. Our our inheritance is in the heavenly realm. So in light of this reality, all of us need to evaluate the amount of time, energy, and focus we're investing in you know, our eternal future, in what eternity holds for us, because we can lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven rather than what we're investing in this temporary world that's passing away. You know, the world we're living in is passing away. Amen? It's not a good investment of eternal things. It's safe to say that you and I probably all could make some adjustments after what I just said. Amen? So let's consider that. We looked at the kingdom parable of the wheat and the tares, or some call it the weeds in the field, or just the weeds. You know what I'm talking about because there was tares in the field where they sowed good seed. We talked all about that. If you didn't hear that message, get it online and get it in you. Uh, Next up is the parable of the mustard seed. But before we tackle that, we need to just stop for a second and and look uh, at two verses here, 14 and 15. Jesus was quoting Isaiah 6, and he was pronouncing it over the people. (coughs) Isaiah 6, this prophetic prophecy of uh, the condition that the people were going to be in. And then in 14 and 15, uh, he he gives them this prophecy here. And there's two little verses here, starting at 16. But blessed are your eyes. Whose eyes is he talking about? Shout it out when you know it. Ours. Talking about our eyes. Blessed are your eyes. So my eyes are blessed because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Now, this comes on the tail end of that that prophetic thing that Jesus uttered. Over this generation, he says, you will keep on hearing in verse 14, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return, and I would heal them. You see the contrast between those two comments, Isaiah's prophecy over the generation here, and Jesus is lamenting over the fulfillment of it. He never wanted this. God never wanted to be estranged from his most precious creation, man, yet here are men walking the earth, and you know they're in this condition, and Jesus is lamenting over the fact that this generation has fulfilled Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. They are literally spiritually deaf, dumb and blind. He then contrasts that sad spiritual condition with the blessed status that we have as the people of God. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Wow. What a contrast. What a privilege. What a blessing to be a child of God, to see with our eyes and hear with our ears spiritual things in a world that's deaf, dumb, and blind to spiritual things. When God spoke to the prophet 
who was to go and, and, and preach to the people of Nineveh, and he didn't want to go. He said, I got all these people there. They don't know their right hand from their left. That's spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind. And unfortunately, once again, we live in a generation that fits the bill of Isaiah 6, and we are, in contrast, those who are blessed because we can see and we can hear. Now, we really need to pause at times and just be incredibly thankful for the benefits of being blessed. Come on. Are you blessed tonight? Are you blessed to be a child of God? Are you blessed to be saved and on your way to heaven? Are you blessed to be covered by the blood of the Lamb? That when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your iniquity. He doesn't see your shortcomings. He sees Jesus. He sees one of his very own children tonight. We are blessed tonight. You know, sometimes you couldn't tell that the body of Christ is blessed by how quiet they are when the preacher's preaching good or how much they complain when life's not going their way. Come on, Pastor, I came on Wednesday. Don't beat us up tonight. I just, I just want to revel in the fact that we're blessed and that, you know, we've got to stop every once in a while and just... Thank God that we are so incredibly blessed to be his children, to be part of his kingdom. Come on, we're talking about two kingdoms. You and I are in the right kingdom, amen? amen. And the world out there needs to get saved and brought into the kingdom of God because without that, they're perishing with the world that's perishing around them. We enjoy all the benefits and the blessings of the kingdom of God, even as we live right now in this present world. No matter what occurs today or tomorrow or in this world, no matter if we see our dreams come to pass during our lifetime, no matter what giants we face or mountains we have to climb or difficulties we have to deal with, we are truly blessed because in it all, God will prove his faithfulness to us and in eternity, we will be with him forever. Amen? What are you going through now? Are you going through trouble? Are you going through trial? Are you going through stress? Are you, are you dealing with sickness? There's going to be none of that in heaven forever. There's no sad people in heaven. There's no complaining people in heaven. There's no people in wheelchairs in heaven. Amen, there's a couple saved people. And sometimes we just need to focus on that, and then, and then the things of this world grow strangely dim. And then all these troubles seem to melt away like wax. Now, Jesus mentions three reasons why we're blessed here in these two little verses that we're going to cover. And there's some specific reasons. We're going to take a look at all three of them in the hopes that it will encourage us today. You know what? The body of Christ has been through a lot in the last couple of years. And more than anything, we need to be encouraged. I'm trying to tell you you're going to heaven and some of you still look like you're upset. So, so I'm trying to encourage you tonight. Lighten up. Let your face know you're saved. I want to encourage you tonight with these three reasons that we're blessed, and hopefully it will produce thankful hearts in us. You know what? Nothing makes the enemy of our soul more angry than when he throws everything he's got at us, and we're still happy, we're still smiling, we're still trusting Jesus, we're still singing praise songs. <laughs> Come on, Wednesday night. Here's the first reason that we're blessed. We're blessed because we have spiritual sight. But blessed are your eyes because they see. What does that mean? We have spiritual sight. We can see spiritual things. 
Do you remember before you came to Jesus and you you didn't have spiritual sight? You didn't have spiritual understanding. You'd open the Bible, you read it, it'd give you a headache. You couldn't make sense of it. You you, you couldn't tell what was right or what was wrong, what was good or what was bad. And now when you look back, man, I was doing bad stuff and I thought it was good. And the good stuff I thought was bad. That's spiritual blindness. But now that we come to Christ and we're born again and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, the eyes of our understanding have been enlightened and we see we have spiritual sight and that's a huge blessing. Our first blessing is that we, we can see spiritual things with our eyes. Spiritual insight doesn't come through religious discipline or intellectual aptitude or intense study. Some people think, oh, if I want to be, you know, spiritual and have spiritual understanding, I got to study and I got to be real smart and I got to memorize a lot of scriptures and I got to know the right answers to all the spiritual questions. Listen to me. It doesn't come that way. If it did come that way, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders would have had spiritual sight and spade, but they didn't. They were blind. And they were the most intellectually studious, intelligent people who knew all the scriptures, who knew all the messianic prophecies, yet when Jesus stood right in front of them, they couldn't recognize him. It's not intellect. It's not aptitude. It's not diligent study. (laughs) I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but those are not the things that give us spiritual sight. Listen to what Jesus said about those religious leaders who were All of those things I just described, yet they were religious and lost. He said in Matthew 23, 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrite! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Wow! Jesus on how to win friends and influence people. Just kind, gentle Jesus, just, you know, sugarcoating it for them. It says, woe to you, blind gods, who say whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is uh, obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? See, Jesus went right at those religious people, and he exposed their hypocrisy. And he said, you're smart, you're intellectual, you, you memorize scripture, but you're, you're, you're religious and you're lost and you're blind. And when you make a convert, you mess them up so much that it would be better off if he never came to you. Wow. If we're being honest, these last few years, as I mentioned, have been somewhat confusing for us as Christians. Yes, we're citizens of the kingdom of God, but we had to deal with some of the inconsistencies and the madness of those who lead earthly kingdoms. Do I do this? Do I go to work? Do I send my kids to school? Do I get a shot? Do I get a booster? Do I get a jab? Do I wear a mask? What do I do? Now it's quiet. Said, Pastor, we were just starting to cheer up and you brought that up. The truth is, things are confusing at times, and that's why we need spiritual sight. So what's the most reliable way to have spiritual sight in confusing times? Here, by standing firm on God's word and the careful leading of the Holy Spirit. It's time for us in this hour and in the times past to be like Bereans and to be like the sons of Issachar. You you paying attention out there? Bereans, hello, the sons of Issachar. 
That, that's what we need in these times. Here, let me t- talk to you about the Bereans in, described in Acts 17. It says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. So Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel, lots of persecution. They have to flee. They go to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. Now, the people were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed along with a significant number of the prominent Greek women and men. So here are these guys, the Bereans. What do they do? They, they, they receive the word of God with eagerness. Why? Because they examined the scriptures daily to see if what was being told to them was true. Do you understand? That's what we need to do in these times, amen? Not, not go to the news media and this channel or this person or this talking head or this prophet on YouTube. We need to go to the word of God. We need to go and we need to sift through the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and understanding to answer the, the vital questions of the day. Because these Bereans were men of the word and they searched the scriptures, when the gospel came to them, they received it. Unlike the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who are just busy being religious and missed it. So we need spiritual sight. We need to be like the Bereans. How about the sons of Issachar? In 1 Chronicles 12.32, there was a group of men that were referred to as the sons of Issachar. Listen to what 1 Chronicles 12 says. For the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with the knowledge of what Israel should do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their kinsmen were at their command. So these sons of Issachar, there again, they, they had an understanding. They had some sort of anointing. They had some sort of wisdom upon them because they had opened themselves up to the word and the leading of God. And they understood the times. Are you getting that? That's a powerful thing to say about a group of people. That these guys understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. They knew what season they were in, and they knew what they should be doing. Oh, should I run here? Should I run there? Should I be a prepper? Should I dig a hole? Should I run to the hills? What should we do? We should be loving Jesus buried in the word, and preaching the gospel to anyone who will listen right now. Because Jesus is coming back, and the time is short, and we've got to bring as many in as we can. So we need spiritual sight. That's the way you develop it. It's being in the word. It's being at the feet of Jesus. It's being open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's about pushing the world out and drinking the word in and allowing the Holy Spirit to show us what season we're in and what we should be doing at the moment. Thank God that we are blessed with spiritual sight. The second reason we're blessed is because we are blessed with spiritual hearing. It says, and your ears, for they hear. Now, being spiritually deaf is no less a handicap than being spiritually blind. But when the two ailments work together, that's a horrific state to be in. Remember I said those who are outside the kingdom are spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind. You know, and it's great that we can see, but it's also an immense blessing that we can hear. Uh, Those ailments working in conjunction, you know, think about the state of that person and put that into a spiritual, you know, situation there where you you can't hear, you can't see what God's doing, you can't hear what God is doing, and you're kind of just lost in, in this confusing world. It's a scary place to be. While it's wonderful to see spiritual things, what an incredible blessing it is to hear the God of all creation speak to us. 
God still speaks. God is still speaking. The Holy Spirit is talking. The problem is a lot of times we're not listening. We're listening to everything else that's drowning him out. That's why we've got to get alone and get in the secret place and get before him and turn off all our devices. <laughs> and just be quiet and listen because he's speaking. And what an amazing thing it is to hear the voice of God speak to our hearts. Now, you may never hear an audible voice, but you may open the Bible and the word of God just leaps off the page right into your spirit. You may never hear an audible voice. I know some people who have. I never have. But you know what? He speaks to my heart loud and clear, drops a word in my spirit like thunder, boom, a word, sometimes a scripture verse. Wow. God speaks, and he's given us ears to hear him speak. Three ways that the children of the kingdom hear. Number one, we hear the word of God come alive to us by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit who is testifying of the Father, who's bringing the will and the word of the Father to our spirits. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. But as it is written, I shall not see nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You see, it's by the Holy Spirit that our spiritual ears work. The Holy Spirit's talking, and he's got something to say to each of us. So we've got to listen. How else do we hear? We hear God's voice because we are his sheep. John 10, 26 through 28. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Again, Jesus talking to the religious people, clashing with them again. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Did you hear what Jesus said? My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Remember what he said to the people? who were locked out of the kingdom and they were banging on the door, we did this for you and we did that for you and we had a 501c3. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Look what he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. So as God's children, we have those spiritual ears. The Holy Spirit is speaking because we're his children, we're his sheep. We know his voice. The third way God's children hear is this. We hear the warning and direction and the insight of God through the prophetic voice of the church. There are prophets in the Old Testament. There are prophets in the New Testament. Their function and their application seem to be a little bit different because of the covenants. I don't want to get into all that, but the truth is that God still speaks to the church prophetically, and he warns us and leads us and guides us and comforts us through the prophetic voice of the church. There are those who are part of the fivefold ministries that function as the prophet and they speak the word of the Lord. What I'm doing right now is prophecy. I'm speaking the word of God through the covering of the Holy Spirit in a way that brings life. Amen. This is not me. This is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Those of you who know me, I'm not together enough or smart enough to do any of this. It's the Holy Spirit. See, Larry knows me a long time. That's why he laughed the loudest. And it's amazing what God can do with a willing vessel. He can use me, he can use you, but the Holy Spirit is still speaking to the church, amen? 
It's said here in Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. In the last days, what? You know, we're going to have dreams and and young are going to prophesy and all this stuff. It's not for yesterday. God is not the great I was. He's not the great has been. He is the great I am. Amen. He still speaks to his bride, the church. He still does it prophetically. And so we hear God and we hear these warnings and the direction and the insight of the Holy Spirit through the prophetic voice that comes through the church. Thank God we can hear. Thank God we're his sheep. Thank God he's speaking to us. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the prophetic voice in the church. Number three, the third blessing that we see uh, is we're blessed because not only do we see and we hear, but, you know, we are getting to see God's promises come to pass. Now, look what it says here in verse 17. 16 said, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. We get all that. Verse 17, for truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Did you hear that? All the prophets of the Old Testament, all, all, all the people who laid the foundation in the groundwork, the, 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 the apostles who laid their lives down for the church, these pillars in the church like Peter, James, and John, and, 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 and Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, they got to set things in motion and their lives were poured out, but they didn't get to see the fulfillment of what they labored for. Think of Abraham and all the promises, and you're going to be a father of many nations. He's 100 years old. He didn't have one kid yet. He didn't see the fulfillment of all those things. He did it by faith, and uh, when his life was over, they, they had not yet all come to pass, but he went into eternity in faith and in hope, and, and he laid this foundation. And I want you to know that we are living in times that we should be excited about the time in church history that we are living in. You know, people think, well, I want to live in Jesus' time. You know, I wanted to wear a robe and sandals. No, you know what? Right now is a great time to be alive in the body of Christ. Someone say amen. Come on. What an exciting time to be alive in church history. And it was like two claps. So many prophetic things are falling into place. The return of Jesus is imminent. It approaches, and things are moving at an accelerated rate. If you're watching, you know, people who study Bible prophecy, they're seeing an acceleration of things happening. And this is, you know, something that in the last days, things are going to unfold quickly. We're getting to see things come to pass that the prophets prophesied about, but they themselves didn't get to see it. Think about all the messianic prophecies about Jesus and the prophets that gave them all of what Isaiah said. And he never got to hold the baby Jesus in his hands. But that generation saw it come to pass. And we're seeing things to come to pass if we're paying attention. If you're not paying attention, you just think, oh, the economy's bad. The inflation's bad. The gas is high. I got gas. There's all kinds of problems. Somebody smile, please. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. But it's not out of control. It's in perfect control. God is bringing things into place. Things are falling into place. They're not falling apart. Now, I know it's hard to, uh, it's hard to understand that when you go around the grocery store and everything is double the price. 
You know, it was bad enough they used to give us a big bag of potato chips and it was mostly air. Now they, now they put more air in there and the price is... How do they get away with that? When I send my check in, I'll put air in the envelope. We're blessed to see what's going on here and if we're paying attention, it's exciting times because... The world is being polarized, and very quickly, people are going to have to make a choice. Who, who are they going to serve? And we can be used by God to bring in the harvest of souls. Amen? Now, I'm not ignoring the horrible, sinful, godless things that are going on in wars and what's going on in Ukraine and, you know, hundreds of thousands of citizens being killed and displaced. There's lots of horrible stuff going on. You know, a lot of us are not paying attention. We're, I don't, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but in, in, in two scenarios, we're a heartbeat away from nuclear war with China and Russia. And you say, oh, doesn't that scare you? Oh, happy day. I'm going to fly away. <laughs> Why should I be scared? Why should you be scared? What does the devil say? I'm going to kill you and send you right to heaven for eternity. Ooh. Oh, it's scary. It's scared. What exciting times we live in. Yeah, there's sin and there's wickedness and there's immorality and depravity there's violence and murder and abortion and injustice and the dereliction of our elected officials to you know to to represent us there's all of that stuff and it if you immerse yourself in that it's maddening and it'll steal your joy away but you know what jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle it's time for you and i to rise to the occasion push aside all the distractions of this world and to enjoy the times we live in and to realize there's a lot of people who have a lot of questions and there's a lot of right people out there for the picking, amen? That it's taken 10, 20, 30 years, but now they're paying attention. I hear complete heathen saying, you know, there, there's something going on. I mean, this can't be just an accident, right? This has got to be spiritual. Is the end of the world coming? People who don't even believe in anything. And now all of a sudden they, they want to hear, hey, uh, you're a Christian, right? Give them the gospel. Show them the love of Jesus. Invite them to church. Watch them get saved and born again and filled with the Spirit and their eternal destiny changed. Don't miss the times we, we're living in because of the, the stressfulness of the signs. These are the signs of the times, the birth pangs of what's coming. The earth is in travail. There's wars and rumors of wars and all of these things that were promised that we would see in Matthew 24. But listen to me, they're the signs of the times, so don't let the times, because they're distressful, make you shrink back and realize that you're living in an exciting hour of the church. History is unfolding before us, and it's his story. And so we're a blessed people because we can see, because we can hear, and because we live in an exciting time in church history where God will use whosoever will, amen, who's ever available, amen. He'll use any of us because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, I thank you for that little encouragement there in the middle of those kingdom parables, that contrast we see between the condition we were in when we were lost, where we were spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind, to the condition that we're in right now where we're blessed. 
see and to hear and to be alive in such a time as this. So help us to enjoy our blessing, to maximize our opportunities, and to delight ourselves in you. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him praise.